Hello and welcome to the Becoming Your Highest Self podcast. I'm your host, Macy Renee, and we are going on a journey together, my friend. If you've been looking for a podcast geared towards your growth, self-awareness, navigating your brain's daily mind drama, and deep inner work to become your highest and best self, you are in the perfect place. Let's get started. Hello, friends. I am so excited to welcome you welcome you back to another episode of Becoming Your Highest Self Podcast. I'm Macy Renee and welcome. Hopefully you all have been doing fantastic. I have been doing well myself. I've been knee deep in creating my newest signature program and it is a lot to get done, a lot to get done. I've given myself a deadline to get it done before the end of the month And every day it feels a little impossible, but I'm pushing through. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I can't wait to share it with you guys once it's ready. Um, But today we're actually going to talk about how to know when you are around an energy vampire and what to do with that. So I thought it'd be kind of a fun, different type of topic, but still in relation to personal development and emotional intelligence and self-awareness. And it kind of came from a post that I recently um, put on both of my social medias and um, I got a comment on there that I loved of how to kind of navigate even holding space for people that maybe, um, what was the word that she used? I think it was when people are dumping on you and this might not necessarily answer or cover the topic in the way that we discussed on my post, but I did get inspired to create an episode where we talk about what to do when you are around people that may take a lot of energy, whether knowingly or unknowingly, and what to do with that in a very um, aware state of mind, okay? So I'm hoping that this episode kind of helps you understand what this looks like and how to navigate it. And that's always my goal for any of the topics that we talk about on the podcast. So let's dive in and see if I can help you out with this. So what is an energy vampire? So this is going to be my own definition. Everybody maybe has their own definition of an energy vampire, but this is when you get around someone that takes a lot more then you have to give. So when you get around a certain group of people or maybe a specific person and you leave them feeling worse than you did before you got to them, it's very likely that maybe they were an an energy vampire. Now here's the thing. People that are energy vampires don't always know that they're energy vampires. And this is because if someone does not have a a lot of emotional awareness. So let's say you get around someone who doesn't have an ounce of personal development, coaching, therapy, emotional awareness, and they're in a state of suffering, okay? And that's okay. But they're in maybe a state of suffering or woe is me or life is really hard or maybe they just don't even know how to navigate what circumstances they're in and it feels very foggy and cloudy and muddy. Maybe you've even felt like this in your life. There's certainly been times where I have felt like this in my life. And when you are in that state, a lot of times you're looking to feel better. 
So energetically, your aura or your energy is super low. And what we do subconsciously a lot of times to feel better is we get around people that are shining a very bright light, so to speak, that feel really good to be around. So think about people in your life that when you're feeling your lowest of low or when you're feeling really crappy, where you just want to be with them. Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your partner, maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's somebody that you admire, um, somebody that you like to watch on the internet that inspires you. Typically, if we're in a low vibration, that's kind of how I like to think of it. Um, If you're looking at, let's say, a heart monitor, if you were to see the lines in a very um, short, very close together kind of pattern, that would be what, in my mind, a low vibration kind of looks like. And we want to feel better than what we do feel like. So we're looking to be around someone energetically that we can kind of absorb some of their energy to feel a lot better. So maybe you go around this person and you have a very bright light. Maybe you're having an amazing day or you're just in general a very fun, awesome person to be around. You're very self-aware. You have something that the person that you're around doesn't feel like they have, at least not in this moment. And what they do is they subconsciously start sucking the energy out of you if you do not have awareness and energetic boundaries for yourself. So you will get around this group of people or this particular person and by the time you leave them, it will feel as if you have nothing left to offer, nothing left to give. You may even leave feeling kind of anxious or icky um, or kind of out of body. And it's not always a good feeling to have. And it's not that you don't want to necessarily be around this person because maybe you love this person or maybe this person is a, a great friend and maybe they're just going through a really tough time. Or maybe it is someone that constantly seems to put you in this kind of headspace, okay? And if that's the case, you need to evaluate how you're approaching that person or that situation in the way that you're actually showing up to hold space. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is the quote, you can't give anything that you do not have. So if you're already going around people depleted, you're not going to be able to hold good space for them, okay? Because if you do not have the emotional capacity to be there and hold whatever they might be holding because you can't even hold your own stuff in that moment, right? Maybe you're in a really um, tough like part of life or you're entering a rough patch or going through a rough patch. And it can be really hard to hold space for someone else if you're having a hard time holding space for yourself. So you can't give that of what you do not have. If you do not have it, it's going to be really hard to be around someone that maybe you consider an energy vampire, somebody that does not have their own light going for them at the moment because they're going through a very tough time and they don't know how to navigate it. So that's going to be the first piece is checking in with yourself. Do I even have the emotional capacity to be around this person, to hold space for them, to give them maybe what they're needing or to even help them feel better? If you don't feel those things, how can you even... um, 
you know, provide those things for another person. It's very, very hard to do. And that honestly will deplete any little bit of energy that you have left. So if you are going into it that way, it's going to feel extra depleting. And where I see this a lot and saw this a lot as an occupational therapist was in caregiver burnout. It was like caregivers are doing their best to take care of sick children, sick parents, sick relatives, sick, you know, partners, um, you know, inpatient rehab, acute care, whatever it was. I saw it in the hospitals. I saw it in rehab facilities. Um, And, you know, when you're managing a lot of stress in your day-to-day life and then you also have um, things that you're taking care of, and that's not even to mention if you're a wife, a husband, a parent, but then you're also taking care of someone else that needs you at any given time, it can feel really, really difficult because if you're not taking care of yourself first and making sure that you're making the time to give yourself what you need, even if that is a short little break or eating at a time when you know you need to be eating or asking for help, which I know is so difficult to do. I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, I sometimes have felt like I would rather get a root canal than ask for help. So I understand the not always wanting to ask for help. But if you're not doing those things for yourself and then you're showing up to try and help someone else, you will find that you are drowning and that you can't properly take care of them the way that you had hoped or the way that you would like to. And you also will find yourself very depleted because you're not taking care of yourself, okay? The second thing here are boundaries. You have to have boundaries when you decide that you're going to hold space for someone, Um, especially someone that maybe has taken a lot of your energy in the past or you tend to feel drained after you're around them. So I've had to do this with certain family members. I've had to do this with certain friends. Um, There's even been moments in life where I've had to do it with people that I really, really love and even people that I love being around. And the way that this looks is like ahead of time, checking in with myself and saying, what is my emotional capacity? Like if this person is going through a really hard time or they have a pattern of maybe being more negative or more kind of pessimistic, what do I have the capacity to offer? Or what do I have, like what is my capacity to even hold the space? And holding the space for someone a lot of times means that you're able to listen without judgment. You're listening to understand and you don't really need or you don't really feel the need to like um what's the word I'm looking for rebuttal them or argue with them like you're really just holding the safe space for them to be what they're being or to feel what they're feeling without it meaning anything about you and that takes a lot of self-awareness within yourself and a very strong sense of boundaries that you have for yourself as well. You also have to understand your own triggers. So if I'm going around a loved one that I know is usually maybe in a depressive state or, you know, pessimistic about certain things at times, I know that I need to go in when I have energetically filled my tank because it's probably going to take a lot of energy for me. Even if I'm not actively giving a bunch, um, you know, like with advice and and conversation, even if I'm just kind of sitting there and being a listening ear, I have to be 
aware that my tank still needs to be full in order to hold space for them, okay? So that's gonna be really important. Another thing that I'm checking in on within myself when I'm around maybe what would be considered an energy vampire is what things may be triggering me. Is it, you know, because here's the thing. You have to remember that your emotions and your emotional experiences come from the thoughts that you're thinking, whether they're subconscious or they're conscious. So if you get around someone and you start to feel really defeated, sad, angry, irritated, annoyed, you know, whatever whatever the negative emotion may be, if it's not a positive one, and even if it was a positive one, it's always coming from the thoughts that you're thinking. So maybe if you get around someone and you're having the thought, gosh, they're always negative, they always have something to complain about, they always try to pull me into their drama, those are all thoughts that are running through your mind as you're trying to hold the space for them, right? So if your brain is running off with a bunch of thoughts about them, you're not actually really holding the space for them because holding the space for them is to be able to sit there without judgment, okay? To, if, you're, if you're having thoughts, you're observing them and you're, you're coming back into the present moment of like, okay, how can I hold space for them without letting my mind run all over the place like a child with a knife? <laughs> because that's typically what happens. So, you know, if you're having all of these thoughts about them, they're so irritating, they're so negative, oh my gosh, I hate how I feel whenever I'm around them, then of course, those thoughts are are what are creating the negative emotion that you feel around them. So you're also draining your energy too with the thought processes that you're having. And so if you're asking yourself like, well, are you asking me like, well, how in the hell do I change that? then you have to make those boundaries very clear. Like maybe you don't go around them, especially if you if you don't have the capacity to hold space for them, don't go around them. If you have to be around them, okay, there's a few different options that you have. You can be sucked into whatever they're pulling you into or you can learn how to manage your thoughts and emotions when they're happening. So another thing that I like to do is recognize the emotions that I'm feeling. If I'm feeling angry, agitated, short-tempered, um, frustrated, upset, I trace back in the moment like what what they're saying or what they're doing or what the environment is triggering within me to give me that emotional response. And then I have to kind of go in further and say like, okay, in this moment, this is what I'm thinking about them or this is what I'm thinking about what they said and is it even true or is this even serving me right now or am I even being present for them without judgment? And a lot of times if I'm having to go and explore my own thoughts and figure out why I'm agitated being around someone, I'm like, oh, probably not holding the best of space for them. So this is really important and this is something that I want to encourage you, like it can get better, but it does take practice. You're not going to be a professional at this overnight, okay, because managing and working through your own emotional stuff when you're becoming triggered by someone else's emotional stuff or low energetic vibration is very challenging. And one of the, th- the reasons that I am able to navigate it at the level that I am is because 
one, working in the health field and, you know, holding space for parents whose children were developmentally delayed, whether mentally or um, intellectually, you know, physically, whatever the reason may be. I had six years of experience as a practitioner of holding space for very stressed out parents who wanted their child to be seen as the typical child, just like any other child, right? And so I held a lot of space for parents to go through their emotions And I would be lying if I told you that I was not emotionally triggered a lot of times myself and that I had to get coaching to even enjoy my job there for a while. Um, Because when I first started in my field working with birth to age three as an occupational therapist, I was triggered all the time. I was triggered by things like walking into a home and there being a lot of dysfunction or, you know, a parent yelling to communicate. Like, I have trauma around that from my childhood. I absolutely hate when people are screamers or yell to communicate. I shut down immediately because that is what I was brought up around. And for me as a child, it shut me down. I always felt like I was in trouble. And a lot of times I would manipulate my own behavior to people please because I I would do anything in my power to try and avoid someone yelling or being mad or upset. And so anytime someone was mad or upset, I immediately would start sobbing as a kid because I anticipated that if they were mad, they were going to yell. And if they were going to yell, I was not going to feel safe. So if I walked into a home where the parents yelled to communicate, I had to recognize that that drained my energy, and it, but it was draining my energy because I didn't have the emotional capacity because I hadn't been doing my own work, right? This was before I ever found life coaching. It was like I didn't understand why I was being triggered, but I knew that I was being triggered and I knew that I didn't like being in those environments, but I didn't know how to fix it other than the thought process that would run through my head is that I've got to quit this job. I can't do this job. This job is too difficult. I can't do this. And it was because I wasn't facing my own emotional triggers and understanding why that environment, those those parenting styles were triggering me in the first place. Does that make sense? And then on the flip side of that, I was even triggered in very loving homes. Like when I would get into a very loving home where like the mom or the dad were like hugging and loving all over their kid or super patient with their kid or very gentle with their child whenever the child made a mistake. There were times I actually had to excuse myself and go to the bathroom and I'd do a quick 30-second sob. Now, before coaching, I never knew why I was impacted by that. I never understood why I was having such a strong emotional reaction and why these very loving homes were so triggering for me and still felt like they were draining me energetically. And I later learned it was because that was something that I felt like I didn't always get in childhood was patience and understanding and just, you know, that kind of unconditional love, no matter how many errors you make, I'm not going to scream at you or make this your fault. I'm going to love you and hug you and kiss you. And, you know, I didn't have that same kind of um, affection even. And so witnessing it, it was like my inner child was triggered because it longed for that, but knew that I had not got, you know, I had not received that. And so it was very difficult for me. So It wasn't until I even 
you know, got into coaching and started learning like thoughts lead to your emotions. Your emotions are what lead to the actions that you do or do not do. And your the actions that you're doing or not doing in your life are what are giving you the results. And when I really started to understand that and practice that and learned how to set boundaries and how to understand my own energy better, it became much easier. And then, as you guys know, um, probably about three or four years into being an occupational therapist, I started my life coaching business. And dear God, you have to be able to hold space for people when you're a life coach because people are bringing you every bit of life possible. So I have held space for clients going through just horrendous, awful things. And if I had not done my own work and I didn't understand my own triggers, it would be very hard for me to hold the space for them to have their own powerful transformation and find their own power. If I'm triggered by every single thing my clients are bringing to the table, then that means that I'm so far involved in their story that I'm thinking about myself and my own experiences and not about them and how to help them find their answers to navigate the things in their life. So I've had a lot of practice with this, okay? A lot, a lot of practice. So if this is something that you're struggling with, know that it can improve. It does get better as long as you're continuing to do the work, okay? But boundaries are going to be very important for you. Self-awareness work is going to be very important for you. Understanding your emotional triggers. Even being willing to sit in the discomfort of being triggered by someone else. Asking yourself, why am I triggered by somebody else? Like, what is it? What's going on in my mind that is creating this extreme discomfort? of trying to be here and be present with them. So if you find yourself like, ugh, this feels super hard. And also, there are people that will absolutely, not everyone, but there are people that will absolutely take advantage of the fact that you are love and light or a positive person or that you have really good energy. And I actually did a training on this years ago, but it is like, I want you to think about if, if all of us were walking around with umbilical cords that were like coming out of our body, just like with an infant, okay, whenever they're born, they have the umbilical cord. What if all of us had little umbilical cords coming out of our stomach, coming out of our legs, our arms, whatever? There are other people in the world that when their energy is low and your energy is high, they're looking to connect with your umbilical cord and they're looking to kind of like a vacuum suck that energy up and out because they want to feel better, but they don't know how. And some people that, you know, can get around another person and feel good immediately or all the time will constantly go back to that person with the good energy if, if that person doesn't have boundaries and take and take and take and take and take because it's free, right? It makes them feel better for free. They don't have to do the work. Um, and then it just leaves someone like you drained and not understanding why this person is like a leech, right? Why are they taking so much of your energy? Um, why why is it so hard for you to be around them? And it's like if, if they're not having to do their own work to feel better, 
and they're just kind of getting a free ride off of whatever capacity you do have that you're giving to them if you don't have boundaries they're going to take it they're going to take that as an opportunity and be like oh free way to feel better why would I want to do the work whenever this person doesn't have boundaries Um, so very important stuff right here and I know it's really hard to describe it in a podcast because clients a lot of times will bring a specific situation and then I can coach them through that specific situation of like where maybe they're going wrong or where maybe they're not thinking of something in the most powerful way. And so that's where coaching can really be beneficial is that clients can bring very specific scenarios for what they're experiencing in their life and be like, listen, this is, you know, what my mom's doing or what my my ex is doing or what my sister-in-law is doing. And this is how I respond and how I react. And then I, as the coach, am able to hear everything and decipher okay well here's where their mind is going here's what's happening to them emotionally here's what it's causing them to do and here's the result they're getting and this is not where they want to be so let's rewire all of this to where they can find their power and actually feel good about what you know how they're navigating life and what's going on in their life and know that they have that power and control that sometimes we don't always realize that we have or feel like we have okay so I hope that this episode kind of helps you with the energy vampires that are in your life come back and listen to it as often as you need to go listen to the episode uh, for the love of boundaries I want to say it's maybe episode four Um, it's definitely one of the earlier episodes in the podcast and don't worry I am working on something amazingly fantastic to help people who just really struggle with what to do with their emotions and how to approach life when life is throwing all kinds of curveballs and and roller coasters and all kinds of challenging things. I want you to be able to feel like you are confident in becoming your highest self and I am working every day to bring that vision into reality. So have a wonderful week and stay tuned. Make sure you're on my email list so you don't miss anything and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.